We're untangling financial issues. Welcome to Your Finances Untangled with Mo Parag. Hopefully you can tell from this conversation that I am uh, I take things very seriously, but I'm laid back. Mo is a financial advisor and partner with Cloudvestor. You may want to do some reallocations based off how you're currently invested. This podcast addresses financial issues for all ages, from those just starting out up to retirees. It's Your Finances Untangled. Untangling your finances and every aspect of your finances wherever you are in life. Or just starting out in your career or uh, midlife or in the financial red zone or even in retirement. Mo Param of Cloudvestors has the information on this podcast. Hey, Mo, how are you again? Uh, Dave, I'm doing so well today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I love our conversations. And, you know, Mo and uh, Andrew Nida, also with Cloudvestors, you know, you've been on the radio show we do uh, recent recently, and it's great to have you on there as well. Now, in the most recent one we did when we're taping the podcast today, <laughs> Andrew kind of flubbed his words. And I think I don't know what he meant to say, but he ended up saying use. And yes. I'm like, Andrew, <laughs> you know, he's he's Georgia born and bred. And I'm like, Andrew, you sound like you're from Queens. <laughs> and, and you're like, oh, hey, 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 now I'm from uh, I'm from New York. But you're from Brooklyn, though. From Brooklyn, New York, born and raised. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah it's changed. Brooklyn has changed from when I grew up. But Brooklyn's more of a hot spot now. You know, it's it's more of a beer gardens and a more of an attraction is actually the the hottest spot in, in New York right now. But when I grew up, Brooklyn was definitely not a place where you wanted to go at late night. Yeah, I guess they're good and bad. We were talking about you. Maybe you know it's lost some of the old character, but yeah, a little uh, bit of the charm. So but it's still it's charm. still home at the end of the day. Yeah, end of the day, it, it still always will be home for you. Although you don't live there anymore, but it's where you're no, going to go no. back and call home. <laughs> Transition to Georgia about <laughs> twelve years ago. All right, all right. Well, I love what you're doing, and I love the podcast here. And we do cover really all all of the ages and stages of life. Uh, concerning finances. We are going to look at retirement today. And uh, Mo, you've helped a lot of people build retirement plans. You've initially talked to people. You've seen some mistakes that they've made. You've fixed mm-hmm. a lot of the mistakes they've made. And you put together here a list of mistakes to avoid in retirement. So we're going to take a look at that. And and the first item on the list here, a mistake to avoid, is whether it's you know the price of a gallon of milk or or something major like health care, you have to follow in uh, to factor in inflation. If you don't, that's a huge mistake. Huge mistake, Dave. You know, inflation is a living and breathing thing, and uh, it's it's a reality. It's a uh, it's a reality that you have to factor in when it comes to your retirement plan. You know, you mentioned uh, the cost of of milk uh, and and eggs, and you know, just basically your consumer items that you're all used to. But you realize that everyone knows that the value of a dollar today definitely doesn't have the same spending power that that it that it will have you know, five, 10 years from now. And so as you're starting to build your retirement plan, if you're not factoring in inflation, I'd say you're setting yourself up for probably failure in your retirement plan because, um, you know, if you're factoring, if you should, you should be factoring a long retirement plan. And if you're not, if you're not considering um, not just inflation on your consumer goods, but big expenses like healthcare costs, Mm -hmm. you know, and which is, tend to be much higher rate of inflation than your your typical CPI. So, you know, not factoring in um, inflation can 
probably leads you to maybe cutting back a little bit on your spending down the road because that was because inflation was factored in in the beginning. And if you have an income plan uh, built in, of course, um, Social Security, maybe not this year, but uh, it has the COLA <laughs> uh, built in most years. And it, it's not your only, it shouldn't be your only income stream in retirement, as we'll, we'll talk about later in the podcast. But uh, mm-hmm. if you build an income plan, are, are you putting in that component of COLA? Yeah, I am. You know, we're definitely building in the, the, the for cost of living adjustment, which is what COLA is within within one's plan. Uh, and it also depends on, you know, how old you are. You know, I actually was speaking with a potential client earlier this week. Uh, she is 27, I believe, and her husband is 35, 36, somewhere around that age. And when I when I talked about Social Security, you know, they're, they're looking at it as uh, icing on the cake. You know, at their ages right now, they feel like Social Security may not be around or just may not look as it does right now. So instead of having a plan that's that where Social Security is factored and built in, um, we're going to build a plan where it's not. And if Social Security is there, perfect. You know, it's just it's just more spending for them. Right. Even even more planning on on the part of, um, well, millennials and and even those younger than millennials, I'm not, I can't remember what they call that generation, uh, but yeah, for them too. For them too, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're looking at mistakes to avoid in your retirement planning. Your next one is a biggie. We were we got a big reminder of it uh, just a few months ago, not taking into account the effect of a down or volatile market. Yeah, not just a few months ago, but a few days ago. You well, know? yeah. Um, from, <laughs> from the date of this recording, you know, we've seen... Um, what some fear are we getting back into a, a pullback, a correction zone, yeah. as you want to call it, where we've seen the NASDAQ and the and S&P starting to slide for almost a week straight now. And so I think what some people have uh, been disillusioned with, if you look prior to 20, 2020, you know, some people would want to forget 2020 altogether. But if you looked at mm-hmm. how the market uh, has performed from, let's just call it 2019, sorry, 20, 2009 to 2019, we've seen this bull market where I think people forgot about volatility. Yeah. I think they forgot that the market can go down. Um, and so if you're not taking into consideration volatile markets, um, throughout your retirement, then you're really compromising your portfolio in your assets. Um, you want to have, um, you want to factor in volatility, and with that, you want to have diversification within your uh, portfolio. You want to have assets that are non-correlated, and what that means is you have assets that, if the market's going great, perfect, you're riding that wave. But however, if the market's going down, you have another asset. You have other assets that are that are uh, basically uh, attractive in those down markets, so you can weather that storm. And so that could be anything from. Uh, and you also want to look at maybe even annuities, where those offer some type of guarantees and protections again as a hedge against such conditions. So if you're not factoring volatile markets and you just think that uh, over the course of your retirement we're just going to see positive returns, then again, you're setting yourself for uh, for unsuccessful retirement. Your next two mistakes to avoid in retirement planning really can be put together and as uh, when you retire, because one is not saving for a long enough retirement because we do live longer. And that certainly leads into then when do you retire? How do you know you've saved enough? 
Right, right. Yeah, you know, people are living longer now. You know, we, we, if you're not planning for, well, first of all, let's take a step back and say, when do you plan on retiring? You know, most people want to want to retire at this magical age of 65, somewhere in, in, around that age. Um, so that being said, you're probably looking at a 30, 25, 30, 35 year retirement phase in, of your life. And so are you prepared for that? You know, have you, do you have enough assets um, from the starting point of your retirement that can last 30 years? And so if you're not, then you may want to reconsider. And if you are looking um, at a 30-year time horizon for retirement, then how are your assets positioned for that? You know, you, there's a conventional wisdom of, well, when I get to retirement, I need to be conservative with my assets. And I understand that I, that, that idea because you don't have uh, maybe the the, the the stomach to to weather volatility, but you need to have some growth. You need to have some growth in your assets to to last thirty years. I mean, thirty years is a long time frame. Where if you're not having a good mix, a diversified mix of some equities and maybe some conservative fixed vehicles, but you got to have some of your assets positioned for growth because thirty years is a long time. And if you're just and if you're if you're not getting any of the returns to match up for it, then um, what are you going to do? You know, it may not be. It may be too late because you're no longer contributing to or accumulating assets. Now you're you're looking at your assets to generate income. So you've got to be able to to weather and and take advantage of market volatility and put some growth within your plan so you can last a long time. Yeah, sure. Look uh, at it longer term, even than your your parents did. Oh, by the way, shout out to Generation Z. Actually, my, uh, my daughters of that generation, that's the generation that came after millennials. Uh, withdrawal rates. You, what's that again? Generation Z. So how old is your daughter? She is uh, 17, so she would Ooh. fall into that. Yeah, Generation I, Z, yeah. Yeah, she wouldn't uh, be a millennial. Uh, <laughs> I'm actually having a conversation with my uh, my stepson, who's, who's 18, just turned 18. Okay. And um, uh, this weekend. Because I want to, I want to prepare him for financial for his for his next life for the next phase of his life, uh-huh. and you know, at his age, you know, he's looking at money from his from his job, and he's just spending it left and right. Mm-hmm. So, which is, I won't say that's fine now, but understandable. You know, you're 18; he's a senior in college. But I want to get him and set him up for some tools for success. So we're going to have a conversation this weekend Good. about uh, financial planning. Yeah, you can't start too early. I, I and I, I should have that conversation with my daughter too because yeah, I wish I could go back and just if, if nothing else, if I had just saved ten dollars uh, more oh from from each paycheck, just just imagine. So yeah, wow, it's a great thing to do. But yeah, shout out to Gen Z. All right, Gen withdrawal Z. rates, Mo. This is like four percent since the early. 90s at least it's been like the standard rule of thumb but is that outdated or too uniform it's definitely i believe both so it's definitely outdated and too uniform you know when it when it comes for us when we when we look at our financial plans our financial plans are tailored and for specifically for the client there's nothing cookie cutter about what we recommend and what we build for our clients so we don't want any of our clients falling into some blanket conventional um, rule of thumb when it comes to their plan. But that old school model of a 4% withdrawal, basically what that, first of all, first of all, what that means is uh, at retirement, if you take, if you withdrew 4% of your investment portfolio as an aggregate, 4% and increased it by inflation uh, every year, uh, 
you should have a successful retirement for 30 years, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The problem with that is uh, one, it's rigid, and two, that's based off previous returns. So you're not really factoring in what could happen in the future. And also, uh, it's, it's, it's also comprised of having an investment portfolio that has some equities against for, for growth and some conservative vehicles for preservation. Well, not everyone has that kind of mix. You know, everyone, uh, again, some people may have a conservative asset allocation. And if you're not keeping up with inflation, if you're not having, if you're not keeping up with growth, then all of a sudden you might be taking out more than you actually should be taking out. That right. distribution rate might actually be higher um, if you're not factoring a sequence of returns. And what that means is um, I don't like to use the word average returns when it comes to clients' portfolios because average could mean so many different things. I mean, if you're if you're looking at one year where you have a, a 30% increase, the next year you have a 15% loss. Uh, but it but if you look at the average, you may say, well, on average, that's not that bad of a return. But you did suffer fifteen percent loss. Yeah, that, that was a year. tough year. <laughs> that was a right. tough year. One way or the other, and guess one way or another. And guess what? You still need to pull money out because you still need income. Good point. So now you've you've taken out money in a down market, and so are your assets um, uh, positioned correctly for that? So. Yeah, the whole 4% rule is old school, in my opinion. And with the way the markets are right now, you also you, you definitely want to temper those expectations. You know, um, if you can take 4% out of your account, perfect, you know, but stress test your, your plan. And what I mean by that is, uh, you know, put different factors in your plan. What if inflation goes up? Can, can you survive off a 2% um, withdrawal rate? What if you need to take out 5 or 6% because you haven't done good planning? Are your assets uh, uh, able to survive? So, yeah, that whole f- blindly following the four percent distribution rule, in my opinion, is another way that you could is another mistake that you're making within your plan. Just want to mention, Cloudvestors is a fiduciary firm, and uh, Mo and Andrew and the team really they build whether it's your retirement plan or any financial plan. It's living and breathing. So whether it's regarding uh, your current withdrawal rate or whatever you need to do and factoring in uh, strategies for tax rates where they are now, inflation, of course, it is a living, breathing plan they can build for you. You can learn more at cloudvestors.com. One more before we move into becoming less frugal and finding out how you can be less (laughs) frugal in retirement. But one more mistake, and these two you can really kind of put together, too, regarding Social Security, and that's one is uh, uh, this mistake – for many, is claiming the benefits too soon, but then also, if you're going to wait, uh, fail, uh, failing to alt- uh, plan on some alternate income while you're waiting for your benefits to kick in. Yeah, so uh, you can collect Social Security as early as si- at the age of 62, and um, what your kind of your sweet spot is your full retirement age. That's where you get your most of your social. That's that's your most benefit that you'll receive without any increases because you've delayed it until seventy, right? For so from your full retirement age, which for the most part is anywhere between sixty six and sixty seven, mm-hmm. uh, that's the most you'd get. And then if you delay um, your benefits from sixty seven to seventy, you get an eight percent increase. So your benefits do increase if you keep delaying it. But if you take your benefits early, you're taking a we see about an average about 25% reduction in your benefits, right? Mm-hmm. So that is a permanent reduction that you're taking on your Social Security yeah. benefits. Wow. Not just for yourself, 
but if you're if you're married, uh, that could potentially impact a, a survival benefit if you were to predecease your spouse. And so you're making that decision for not just your, for yourself, but for your spouse. That's true. So claiming Social Security too early, uh, and again, some people fear that the Social Security trust is going to run out of money. So I might as well just take it sooner than later. But if you just go ahead and blindly just you know see that window of 62 as a time when you want to take your benefits then you know you you you're reducing your benefits for and you're locking in the the reduction for the rest of your life so you definitely want to make sure that if you're going to claim it early that it is part of your plan and it does make sense and then if you're going to delay it then what are you going to do uh, as far as income is concerned between that time frame um do you have enough assets within IRAs 401k's um, are you going to maybe supplement um, some, are you going to still continue working, whether it's full-time or part-time to fill in that gap while you, while you get the increase in your benefits? So it's a double-edged sword. You know, if you take it too soon, um, you're making a permanent reduction, not just for yourself, but for your spouse. But if you're going to delay it, then have a plan of what you're going to do for income between that gap. And as, and as I mentioned, going into this mode, you've seen a lot of mistakes. You've helped those people uh, correct those mistakes, but you're sharing those mistakes on the podcast today to make sure that those listening don't make them. And when they're planning for their retirement <laughs> and, you know, get, getting into retirement is uh, there's a sudden change in your life. You've been, uh, a, I mean, not only change. from not working, oh, that's a, that's a big one. Uh, uh-huh. you're not working anymore, but the other is you're shifting from that decades long accumulation phase of your life. And all of a sudden you're moving into decumulation. That is right. quite the psychological shift. And it tends to make some possibly even too frugal in their mm-hmm. retirement. And that's not something you want to, I mean, you want to enjoy it. My, my goodness, you, you certainly deserve it. You worked hard enough to get to it. So here are some strategies to make sure that you loosen those purse strings a little bit, Mo, that you've put together. Uh, <laughs> and, and the first thing you would do for a client is, uh, let's take a look at that. Maybe let's revise the budget. What, what can we do here? Yeah, you know, you, you, you hit it right on the head, Dave. When you retire, it is a, it is a, it is a lifestyle change. And it, hopefully it's for the better. You know, mm-hmm. like you said, you've worked decades and decades. You've built this habit and routine of going to work, clocking in, maybe spending eight, nine, ten hours of your day, sometimes even twelve hours of your day um, at work. Now you are transitioning from you know a time where I like I look at it as every day is a Saturday now. You know yeah. what's what's in store for today, and that could be a beautiful thing if it's if you're prepared for that. But if so, one thing you want to make sure you want to do when you retire, and we do for our clients all the time, is look at your budget. You know, revise your budget because you mentioned, you know, you've, we've been saving. Now we're looking at our assets and using it as a form of income. That paycheck is not coming in every two weeks or every month, however you get paid. So you want to revise your budget. You want to make sure that you're not spending more than you actually need. You know, um, so revising your budget, you may have to make some tweaks here and there. Um, but you want to prepare yourself and prepare your budget um, and make sure that you're not overspending, especially in the early years. You know, there, we call that the go-go years mm-hmm. where all of a sudden you might be traveling more. Uh, you may be visiting grandkids. Um, you know, you may be picking up a new hobby, uh, playing golf more often. And so all of a sudden these, these uh, expenses start to come up and they are coming up fast. And if, 
at the drop of a dime, you may be looking at your in, uh, your portfolio and say, whoa, I've overspent more than I really wanted to. Yeah. So you definitely want to revise the budget and make sure that, you know, the things that you want to do, the things you want to accomplish, um, that it fits within your plan. And it helps, too, if you have Mo with you and, and, and really Cloudvestors as retirement partners with you, because it's not just like they build the plan and say, OK, go have a good life. Uh, it's <laughs> constant reviews, you know, and you may find out uh, after, say, a year that, hey, maybe I'm not spending enough. I could actually spend a little more. And and most sometimes you do have to put on your psychiatrist hat and and maybe suggest because you build want to build a plan where they don't have to go back to work, even part time. Uh, mm-hmm. But if they wanted to, they could. And that actually could help them ease into that being able to spend in decumulation phase if they grab a part time job they like. Enjoy. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, um, you know, p- people love to, some people love to work, you know, they, they find a lot of fulfillment with being wanted, being needing, ha- needed, having a purpose. And so, uh, obviously we want our clients to not be in a position to have to work, but some people just want to. And so, uh, working part-time and maybe it's the same field that you're working in throughout your career, or maybe it's a hobby that you like to do, whether it's taking pictures, fixing cars, and you can transition that hobby into maybe some income generation. Uh, it's something to consider. Yeah. You know, it, it helps with transitioning into you know putting less stress on your assets because you're bringing in a paycheck, maybe uh, just enough to maintain those hobbies. Maybe it's just uh, you just you just have a part-time job, and that's going to be your travel. That's going to be the money you're going to be using for traveling for that year. But um, yeah, working part-time is something that one could consider if they are falling a little short on their retirement plan. Or as I mentioned before, maybe you want to delay your social security a little bit, but so you just work a few hours a, a week just to bring in some money so you can allow your social security benefits to continue to increase while, while you're waiting for it. Or if nothing else, you could say, okay, if you're so sad about leaving the accumulation phase of your life, get a part-time job and you can make you feel better you're, you can accumulate that then yeah <laughs> so, yeah uh, and you may just want to, and your wife may just want you out of the house yeah, well exactly so you drive her crazy so uh. <laughs> right. well now you're a marriage counselor see how many hats you wear mo <laughs> you know the other thing too is um when we talked about income that you build in as an additional stream of course um you may have to remind them sometimes hey don't forget remember your plan has this guaranteed built-in income that might yeah. help you spend, feel a little better about enjoying yeah. your retirement. You know, uh, retire in retirement, income is the name of the game. You know, if we can control how much is going out, you know, then we can su- su- uh, build a successful retirement plan. So when we look, when we build our plans for our clients, we look at, you know, uh, we call it smart, um, smart safe. You know, how much of your money is safe, uh, you know, quote unquote safe that has, you know, little volatility to the market. Um, maybe has some um, mechanisms where um, we are shielding any market volatility and maybe we're adding some guaranteed income through it. You know, so we use uh, different investment strategies. We may even use annuities inside and uh, our clients' portfolios and inside their plans to build in that guaranteed stream of income. And maybe that guaranteed in- that guaranteed income is just to to make sure that your fixed expenses, your your day-to-day expenses are guaranteed. So whether it's, uh, 
you know, healthcare costs. Maybe you still have, uh, you know, whatever your fixed income, uh, fixed expenses are, we build in so you have that guaranteed coming in. So to, again, less pressure, more confidence in your plan, and then also can weather market volatility. So yeah, so one thing that could help you know, um, maybe loosen up the, the the purse strings if you knew you had a bucket or a slice of your assets that have some guarantees within them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, really, it's your your retirement paycheck <laughs> that's exactly. coming in. Yeah, and the the bottom line here in in this helping you to feel better and have more confidence in in spending in retirement is if you partner with a professional who creates a plan that is living and breathing. I mean, that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. You know, um, you know, some people feel like working with a financial advisor, you have to have, you know, uh, millions of dollars. You have to be quote unquote wealthy. And by all means, you know, we work with clients that, you know, that have, you know, two commas, three commas within their, within their, um, Within their portfolio, I'm lucky assets. to have one comma. <laughs> <laughs> How do you get two commas? <laughs> Schedule a consultation, Dave. We'll, okay, we'll, we'll take you there. <laughs> we'll talk after the podcast. <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, in one of my uh, one of our older um, uh, podcasts, we talked about estate planning, and you know, you don't have to be wealthy to to need a, a, an estate plan. And the same thing here, you don't have to be quote unquote wealthy to work with a financial professional, financial advisor. You know, we have strategies. We are in the business. We are we are uh, students uh, of the industry. And we're always learning. We're always um, uh, learning and understanding new ways, understanding how the laws, understanding how different factors can impact one's um, financial plan. And that just made, and, you, and the average person may not just have enough time to understand all of that. And so working with a financial advisor, financial professional helps you, one, with creating a plan and not just creating an Excel spreadsheet that most people do. It's actually having a plan that's stress test, that's that's bulletproof, that incorporates different what ifs, you know, what if inflation does this? What if tax what if tax rates go here? What if the market does this? So you have a financial p- professional that helps you with that, helps you take your assets, decumulate them, turn them into income. Um, do it in a tax efficient way. You have a financial a professional that most importantly keeps you accountable. You know, you have someone there that you can bounce ideas off, but also make sure that you're on track. So the bottom line is, you know, um, you can do it on your own and could you be successful? Yes. But working with someone will definitely increase your probability of success. And that's what we do with Cloudvestors. You know, we are here to help our clients be a partner with them um, to not just for retirement, but just for success in their financial plan overall. Yeah, I mean, you're a fiduciary firm. You not only would want to have their best interest in mind, you have to. I have to. (laughs) You have have to. And yeah, it's a big difference, you know, once you uh, wear that fiduciary hat, it's a responsibility you have to, you, you wear. Mm-hmm. And the responsibility is always being sure that every recommendation that you do uh, is for, the, is in the best interest of the client. Well, Mo, that's good stuff. I mean, you shared mistakes and you also said, hey, you can spend a little more. And I know you've told clients that, hey, you you can do this. So yeah, maybe, you can do this. Yeah, you can do this. You can take that trip this year. You're, you're yeah, okay. You, <laughs> you're okay yeah you can breathe you can breathe go ahead and spend you can have a date night go ahead now i i want to uh i we're coming to the close on the podcast and you and i are going to have to have a conversation on getting me an extra comma 
<laughs> and my income. I'd love to have an extra comma. But we do oh. hope that you like, rate, review, share. Uh, please do because it's good information on each and every podcast we do. And it is a pleasure, Mo. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. For, thank you for always joining me on this journey. And yes, like us, share us, review us. Um, keep listening. We have great stuff, great education for everyone. And um, like always, we'll see you next week. Right here on Your Finances Untangled. Be sure to rate, review, and share this podcast. New episodes of Your Finances Untangled are available on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download your podcasts. Information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Neither Mo Param nor his guests are liable for the usage of information discussed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.